Okay, so last time, um, last Wednesday, we talked about giving to the needy and prayer. We're not really going to go into an in-depth um, recap on that since most of you are here, and if you want to hear it, you can go back to the um, recording that I did. Uh, if you need the address for it, um, I can give you the, the web link for it later. Um, so we talked about giving to the needy, and we talked about prayer. Um, so the next thing that we're going to talk about, we're going to try to get to maybe two or three topics here. We're still in chapter 6 in the book of Matthew, uh, but we're going to go down, and the next place we start in ver- is verse, I don't have my glasses with me, verse 16, uh, which talks about fasting. Uh, what is fasting? Not eating. Not eating. For a cause. Awesome. Okay, say that again. Going for a long time without something. Anybody else want to pitch in? Doing something, stopping doing something that was keeping you from praying. Or doing something that you're, you could have been praying instead of. Okay. We're going to get into the details of fasting. Um, anybody else? Fasting, fasting, fasting. I think we should fast. You think we should fast? Okay, we can do that. Um, but I can guarantee you, after uh, the first day and a half, you'll go back to eating. No, an hour. Or the, you, you think an hour? For Christina, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so, let's go ahead and start in verse 16. And if you, if you remember in your Bibles, uh, each little section has a little heading, usually in italics. Uh, this is Jesus talking, so the words are in what? Red. You don't have head. Oh, you, you got a digital Bible. Okay. Um, so... We'll start in 16, I'm going to read this section, and then we'll go back and we'll kind of pull from it. It says, When you fast, do not look um, somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put, on oil, put oil on your head and wash your face so that, you will not, for, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, do you guys understand that? Did it kind of go over your head? It was kind of like a lot compacted into a very short... Like, don't boast about it, or don't, like, very show good. that, like, oh, hey, I'm fasting, you better look at me. Yes, yeah. perfect. You know, um, remember, if you, if we, remember if we go back to giving, remember it said don't... Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do it in secret. No, you don't have to make a big scene about it. Okay? Jesus, Jesus actually brings that whole idea back up. Okay? But now he's not talking about giving. He's talking about fasting. Okay? So he's saying, listen, when you fast, you don't have to, you don't have to look like, oh, I'm fasting. Oh, I haven't eaten in days, but I'm praying. You know, he says, put oil on your head. Wash your face. You don't have to walk around as though you are in this struggle of fasting. Okay? Uh, you don't have to bring attention to yourself because what's going to happen is you, you're getting the reward. The attention from everybody else is your reward. Okay? Um, but what you want to do is, he says, what does he say? He says, but when you fast, and we're going we're gonna to go back to this little section here in just a second. He says, when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that uh, it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to who? Your father. Only to your father. 
Okay, which is that's the only person it needs to be important about when you're fasting. Um, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret. Remember, we also talked about what prayer. So he kind of brings this back into prayer also because he said, go into your closet and pray to the father who is unseen and he sees what you're doing. So he says here, um, who sees uh, what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, now there is one thing that I want to point out. I want to read this statement, and I'm going to, it's from two sections of, he says it twice. In verse 16, he says, when you fast, and then in verse 17, he says, but when you fast. What is he saying? That when you fast. Say it again. You got both said it, but. You need to fast. You need to fast. He, he's giving you another, it's not like. When he's you not, pray. Like, if you pray. Or, right. He's not saying, if you decide to pray one day. That's not what he's saying. He said, now, if, if you decide to fast, you know, if you decide to, you know, do something. He's saying, when. So, when he's making the statement of when, he's making the statement that you should have full intention of doing this thing. You should have full intention of making it an everyday part of your life of praying. So, when you pray being the fact that that is something you are going to do, that he intends that or expects you to do, or when you fast, something that you are going to do or are expected to do as part of your daily life. Okay, so we understand what he's talking about when he's talking about fasting, so we kind of have to go back and understand what fasting is. Okay, so what is a true fast? But what is a true fast? No meat. Wait, what? Close. You, you're you're no getting there. No food. No food. The true fast. Okay. Let's let's go back here. Let's let's go back here. And remember, we can kind of go back to the to the text. And remember when Jesus went into the wilderness for forty days. Okay. He went back, and I'm just going to flip through just very quickly. Let's see if we can find that spot. Um, Jesus is goes into the wilderness, right? Um, da, 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 da. Jesus led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting, 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry. Okay, now a true fast is only water. No food. No vegetables, no fruits, no juices. Just plain old, what is this? It was water. Just plain old water. Okay, now there is another kind of fast that is biblical that we can say um, if we go back into the Old Covenant or the Old Testament back into here and we can see in the history um, it's going to be in Daniel what they call a Daniel fast. Have you ever heard of a Daniel fast? Right, Daniel actually it's not really even fruit. It's just mainly vegetables. Okay, it's going to be like water and vegetables. Okay, I'm not sure if I can find that fast enough. Um, so let me, I'm going to see if I can find, here's Daniel. Let me go into here and see if I can find where it talked about what Daniel, what Daniel ate. Because it's going to be, it's actually fairly important to understand the differences between the two, the two different fasts. Ezekiel... And 
Ezekiel is a long chapter. Okay, Daniel. So here, in Daniel, it says, it's going to be in the first, you don't have to write this down, or you don't have to turn to it if you don't want to. It's probably, it's going to be in actually the first chapter. Okay? Let's see, among the word, so I'm not to defile himself. Okay, so I'm just going to read this section so we can see it. He says, okay, this is at the point where Daniel was captured by um, Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? Do you guys remember Nebuchadnezzar? You guys, okay. Um, so he's captured by Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 8 in chapter 1 in Daniel, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. So you have to think the royal food and wine. What would royal food be? What wine do you th- steak, maybe? Or? You think if someone took you... Okay, what do you usually... Okay, we're probably accustomed to, like, Burger King or McDonald's, but someone who is really rich, well, caviar, nice steaks, or maybe they take you to a real fancy restaurant where it's really all about the decoration of the food and you only get that much on a really big plate, and that one thing costs $100... Okay, so we're talking about this is fancy living. So we're talking about a king's meal. Okay, royalty. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official to reserve uh, for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, let's kind of skip. Let's skip. Why not? Um, verse nine. That's not really. That's not skipping at all. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy on Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, um, that's little L, um, who has um, assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. So he's thinking that if Daniel doesn't eat all of these meats and, and the wine and what he's being offered, then he's going to look as though he's really not eating and starving and he's going to look different than everybody else. And he's just like, wait a minute, now you're going to look like you're going to be weaker if you don't eat this stuff, and now I'm going to be the one in trouble. Um, in 11, verse 11 says, Daniel then said to the guard, whom uh, the chief official um, had appointed over Daniel, um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Just a quick uh, question. Who is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Who is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? VeggieTales. Okay, VeggieTales. You remember the bunny? The bunny? Oh, okay. Yeah, from VeggieTales. Yes, that is their real names. And you can, we can go back another time and talk about how their names were changed. Okay? But their original names were um, Hananiah, as, uh, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, please test your servants for ten days... Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. So that is a Daniel fast. Okay, so that's, if someone ever talks about, oh, I'm on a Daniel fast, which I've been on before, um, then that's what we're talking about. We are going back to this here, back in Daniel, in the time when Daniel was captured, when Daniel said, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of a young man who eat, who, um, eat the royal food Treat your servants in accordance with uh, what you see. And at the end of ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any young man who ate uh, the royal food. So, um, those are two, two fasts. Now, 
when we think of a fast, we're thinking about a fast because you're denying your body something, right? And naturally, it's food because you have to have food. Am I right? You, I mean, to survive, you need one of three things, or you know, at least all three: shelter, food, and clothing. Okay. So here, you're fasting. You're denying yourself. You're denying the flesh what it wants the most. Now, when you're fasting spiritually, you know, what it is that you do is you are denying yourself, your flesh, that natural craving, okay? And in replace of that, you spend that time in prayer. You spend that time spiritually in tune to God. Fasting does a lot of things. Fasting can break bondages. Fasting can uh, break certain things in your life. Um, so there's a lot of power in fasting. Now, it's not the easiest thing to do. Can you think it... Can you go 40 days with just water? Could you go two days with just water? I've tried it. I've done it. Not 40 days, but I've gone a week. By the third day... By the second day, I had a massive headache. By the third day, it started to go away. And by day four and five, I was okay. But then I had to eat something, you know. Um, but you'd be amazed the, the spiritual, um, how tuned in I was spiritually. Okay. So, so when he's talking about, he says, when you fast. So he's, he's saying, this is something that you need to make a part of your life. You know. Um, it needs to be between you and God. I can't sit there and tell you, you know, oh, you better fast today. Now, if there was something that was very um, important coming up, something very detrimental, you know, very life, you know, it was a matter of life and death. And I said, look, someone in, you know, someone we know might be in trouble. We need to be fasting and praying, you know. Um, Jesus actually makes a statement, and we'll read this later on. In the, it might be in this book, but it is in the gospel where Jesus is going to heal somebody, and he actually makes the statement, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. Okay, so there are some things that prayer and fa only prayer and fasting will do, will break. Okay? Um, but, remember, he's talking about all these things as a basis, as a foundation. He's setting up, he's setting up your life as a Christian your life to follow him he's saying this is what you need to know this is what you need to understand i'm laying a foundation i'm talking to all these people on this mountain and i'm laying a foundation for your life on how to go about living a life of following me okay um so here there we have fasting uh the next little area he goes into in 19 talks about treasures in heaven he says do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. Your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this probably seems a little... How many of you kind of got all of that? Did you? What did you get? Uh, I got what he was saying. You can't serve two masters. Okay. Like, you can only serve God. You can't have like a second thing. You want to worship or, you know, praise. You know okay. That's one down. Don't be a hoarder. Don't be a hoarder. Yeah. Is that not what he was talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not used to that word hoarder. That's, that's why I know you're right. Though. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures. Yeah. Okay. What else? Worldly things, material things. Don't store up all these things because they're not going to save you at the end. Okay. And they're not last. Right. So what's the other thing? He kind of, there's three paragraphs that kind of have three different topics. I didn't get that darkness in Okay. It says... The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So this one kind of goes a little bit deeper. There's probably a little bit more uh, to what he's saying than just what's on the surface, right? But have you ever run into somebody? I'm the kind of person, and, and right now I'm going to look at this at a literal sense. I'm the kind of person, I need to see your eyes, right? I need to see your eyes when I'm talking to you, when I'm, when, when I'm meeting you. Um, if I can't see your eyes, then I'm not always going to... Uh, I'm not immediately going to trust you. It's going to take me a little bit longer. Because there's something about the eyes that says a lot. I mean, have you ever run into a, something like that? You know, you, you, you see somebody and, you know, the eyes is like they scowl or they're looking at you. So, you know, maybe, you know, so. But also you have to remember the eye is the lamp of the body. So... What do you think, what else do you think it could mean? Um, I thought I had it, um... Like if, you're, if you only see, like, bad things and evil and darkness and everything, then that's what you're putting in. Like, put good things in, you're going to get the good things out. Put bad things in, you get bad things out. If you watch bad movies, then... Is that what it's If you're looking at bad things, you Yes. Care. Yes, I mean, and, and, you know I mean? and we see Jesus kind of says this even in other times, but maybe in a kind of slightly different manner, you know, your, your eyes are, are the lamp, you know. So it reflects whatever, if you see, it goes in, and it comes back out, okay. So I, I, I could agree, you know, you got to be careful what you see, you know, because... You see something, goes in, and then if it's something that you shouldn't be seeing, you know, whether it's a movie or I don't know, whatever, you know, those things are in you now. And eventually it will come back out, right? Okay. So, now we have these three. We're talking about store up treasure. You don't need to gather all these things. Things are okay. It's okay. We have things. 
you know, I have, I have a lot, I mean, as much as, as much as I, um, I have a love-hate relationship with, um, electronics and gadgets, you know, uh, one day I love them, the next day I hate them, you know, um, you know, so I ha I do, I do like them, uh, so we all have things, we all have TVs, game, Playstations, game stations, phones, tablets, we have vehicles, vehicles that talk to us, uh, vehicles that probably drive themselves, park themselves, I don't know, Google's coming out with something new every day, um, soon Apple will have an Apple car soon, um, you know, we had, you know, Google Glass, we had all these things, you know, but it's just not electronics, and people accumulate things, you know, in their homes, think about all the things that people have in their homes, you know, maybe beautiful furniture, maybe they're a collector of things, you know, they have all these things, you know, but, but the difference between you and someone else should be the fact that you should not be attached to them. Remember we talked about being poor in spirit? We are talking about, you know, you should not be so attached to the things on the, in the outside world to where now it kind of rules you. Does that make sense? Okay. So don't store up for yourselves um, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. What would be treasures in heaven? Store, we're storing up on earth. He said don't store up on earth, and we know we can accumulate things. Like Okay, maybe, maybe it's what you do that the people, you know, if God tells you to do something for somebody, you do it. If God says give to this person, you give. You're storing up these treasures in heaven. It's kind of like you're making them, you do these deposits. Okay, um, somebody writes it down, up. Oh, so-and-so just did something that I had asked them to do. Mm -hmm. you know, you, gold stars in heaven. You know, you're racking up the gold stars in heaven. You know, versus racking up gold stars on earth. Okay, um, because at the end of the day, there's going to be the one thing that's going to last longer. The gold stars in heaven are going to last much longer than the gold stars on earth. Okay, does that make sense? Uh, Good analogy, right, so exactly gold stars. Because, like, I save a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> Should I not be doing What do you mean? Like, you I attach have... the weird stuff that you say? Yeah, I won't let them go. Does that mean I'm attached? No, it just means that, I mean, you know, you can't, like, love, you can't give more of your time and attention and love that stuff, stuff more than, you know, God. Uh, You're not treating it like a God. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, well, I mean... I think I think Sarah Sarah hit it really good. I think you need to be careful. The treasures in heaven. You're not. This is not a god to you. Does that make sense? Or the things that you have are not a god, and you don't worship them. You know. Um, and maybe that goes back to maybe that's why all this, this these three paragraphs, even though if we took them separately, can seem like three different subjects. But it all comes back to what Kelsey said. You know, you worship one God. He says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and all your stuff. Because does that, does that make sense? Serve God, serve your stuff. So who's in charge if you're serving your stuff? The stuff is in charge. The stuff has a hold over you. Okay, you worship it, but it has a hold over you. You worship God. So he's saying... He's saying, uh, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. 
Okay, so you've got to decide for yourself who are you going to follow? Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve everything, all the stuff, all the material things? Um, does that make sense now? Okay. Um, let's see what my time is. We've got a little bit. So the next one is do not worry. Now, before I even go into this, what would be do not worry? Tell me something you worry about. Money. Money. Health. Health. What else do you worry about? Grades. Grades. Board, what do you worry about? Gas. Gas. <laughs> you know what? That I worry about gas too because I'm sitting there thinking, man, I need gas. Now I need gas. I need gas too. What else do you worry about? Money, gas, health. Kids. Family members, kids. What else? Food, clothes, shelter, money, money twice. Money twice. Hey, money's important. Yeah, it is. Money's pretty important. You know, unfortunately, you can't do anything without having money. You know, um, so so there's a lot of things out there to worry about. You you worry about your own life. You know, you might you might be the kind of person who who worries. You know, man, I could get in a car wreck and just die right now you know I mean you can worry about your own life you know uh, your own mortality um, so there's a lot of things that we can worry about and I think this is a really good topic you know Jesus brings this up this is one of these things that he brings up he has all these things that he talks about and he and it seems as though they're on these really high levels you know you have divorce you have lust you have um, given to the needy you have prayer it's just all up here but then he says don't worry like, it just seems like an odd topic, you know, but he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So, do not worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows um, that you need them. But, so here's the but. But seek first the kingdom of, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, what is he talking about? Worry about the present and don't worry about the future. It's going on tomorrow. It's, it's more important what's going on that day. Good. What else? Just don't worry. Everything will fall into place. Good. Very good. God's got you. What? God's got you. God's got you. What else? 
I think that sums it up. Okay. That was going to be my next point. How much faith does that take? Because you need clothes. You need money to buy clothes. You need money to buy food, to eat, to feed yourself and your family or your daughter. You need, you need all these things. And God is telling us, He said, look, don't sweat it. You know, the, look at the birds. They, they, they go on by moment to moment to moment. And He feeds them. They don't store up. They don't, kind of like treasures in heaven, like when we're talking about storing up treasures on earth, they don't store up, but God provides for them on a daily basis. He doesn't give them too much, and He doesn't leave them with too little. But He, he provides for them the perfect amount. He says, clothing. He says, even the grass, He covers the earth with grass and flowers and trees. And that stuff grows one day, and then the next day it's gone. And the earth is still here, things are still beautiful, and flowers still grow, and, and everything's okay. You know? But we have it in our head somehow that, man, if we don't keep on doing all this stuff, we're not gonna, you know, we're just not gonna make it. You know, and he's saying, I need you to have faith. Because it does take a lot of faith. It does take a great deal of faith to be able to look at this and say, man, and not, what, what does he say? What does he say? He says, so, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Don't worry saying, what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Why? He say, he's saying, he says for the pagans. He says for the pagans, we can say, for those who are not believers, those who are not Christians. He says, they run after all these things. They go and they chase after the things to wear, to be provided for, to, to drink and eat, and to have clothing and shelter. They chase for all these things. But God is saying, I know you need these things. But I want you, instead of being like them and chasing after all these things, all these material things, says, I want you to seek first the kingdom. That's what he says. He says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and, the, and God's righteousness. And all the things that you see other people needing and getting and gathering, he sees that he knows you need it and he knows that you see other people gathering these things. And he says, all the things... And all these things will be given to you as well. What I like here is the fact that it says given. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'm reaching too far out here personally, but given means given. Means I didn't have to work necessarily that hard. Now, I'm not saying go sit on your butt and be lazy. But just exactly know that God is going to take care of you. You do what you need to do. You get you have you have jobs. You get your job. You do good. Do the best you can at your job, regardless of what people think about you. If they they like you or not or whatever. You just do your job, and God will take care of you. He will do everything to take care of you. Okay. 
He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, you know, I, I, several, I, several years ago, I attached myself to this verse, verse 34. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I can't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has got enough problems. I can think of things already that tomorrow is going to have that's going to have issues. So it's a waste of my time, you know, a waste of my energy to worry about the things that are going to happen tomorrow and Wednesday and next Wednesday or next Friday or next Saturday or next month because they have enough problems. You know, I need to deal with right now. I need to deal with the present, that moment. You know. Um, let's see. Does that make sense? Any questions about that part? We good? Alright, we're kind of steaming along here. Steaming. <laughs> what is that from? Thomas. Oh, it's from Thomas. It's because we watch Thomas. We watch Thomas all the time. Yeah. At our house it, so. so, you have to forgive my uh, Thomas the... Thomas the Train reference. Um, so, we're puff, puff, puffing along. Yeah, right. Um, so, in chapter seven, we're going to start. In fact, you know what? We're just going to stop here. We're not going to go into chapter seven right now. But we'll kind of talk about what we're getting ready to see happen in chapter seven. Chapter seven, we're going to start talking about judging others. And we're going to talk about asking, seeking, and knocking. Okay, he says ask, seek, and knock. Okay, um, we're going to talk about the narrow and wide gates. Does that, almost, does that sound familiar? The narrow gates, the wide gates, you know, uh, narrow gates, you know, what he wants, what um, very few people go through. The wide gate is what everybody goes, goes through. So, uh, tree and its fruit. And we're talking about good fruit and bad fruit here. Um, and then we may even get as far next week as talking about the wise and the foolish builders. Okay? So, at this point in time, in chapter 7, is probably going to be the last chapter where Jesus is on the mountain giving um, this message. Okay? What we call the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? This is where he begins to end it. Um, and then after that, in chapter 8 and on, we're actually going to see Jesus begin to interact with the people around him. Um, you're going to see him interact with the Pharisees and Sadducees. They are a lot of the political influence and or the political um, government at that time. You're going to see him interact with soldiers. You're going to see him interacting with everyday people who are sick, who are... Um, some of them self-centered, some of them humble, some of them needy, some of them poor. And you're going to see how he responds. And what I want you to do is when we start getting into that, I want you to see how he responds to these everyday situations, these everyday moments. And think to yourself, how can you respond to your everyday? Because that's going to help you. Because the more you learn, and that's what we're doing, the more you learn about the character of Jesus. See, it's not the fact that we come in here, we're just, we're just learning some, we're just going to take some scripture and we're going to talk about it. You're actually, we're 
we're taking the book of Matthew and we're pulling it apart bit by bit so we can understand who Jesus is. Because at some point in time, we've decided to say, I'll follow Jesus. So now we need to understand who is Jesus that we're following. You know, if you're if you're dating someone before you get married, you want to know who the person is, right? Do you know who Kelsey is? No? <laughs> you know who Jeremy is? You know? You guys know who each other are, right? So you need to know, you know, you need to know. I mean, if there was something that it's like, hmm, kind of pulls up some red flags there, then you make your decision on that person, am I right? You know, so now you're going to see the character and the personality and the kind of person that Jesus is as he walks through the streets of where he lives. All right? Um, let me stop this.